Welcome back to Awards Night, guys. It is episode two of Awards. There are tons of awards, and we are starting with the Mike Hill quote of the year on today's Locked On Marlins. All the guests are back, all the panel are back. Sean Barrett, Kenny Takes Were Made, and Sam Clark. All of us digging in. Tons of awards on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me guys on Twitter at MiamiMarlins underscore UK. And welcome back. It's the Wednesday episode and we are continuing on on Locked On Marlins Awards Night. There's no need to introduce the guys. They, if, if you haven't heard the intros, go back and listen to yesterday's episode. Reminder, it's a daily pod. The offseason is here. The Marlins aren't playing. They haven't played since June 13th. Properly, <laughs> but I'm still pumping out a daily pod for you guys. So go and listen back. But anyway, Sean Barrett's in the house, Sam Clark, and takes were made. And we're all continuing on to give out these gongs. I'm going to dive straight in um, because I think this is a great one to get us going, guys. It's the Mike Hill quote of the year. Um, and there's been a few of them. And I put the poll up. It included, yikes, Craig Mish early in the year. I think that was a Brian Anderson pinch hit hack i think that is where yikes actually started from where uh, ba it might be an opening day i think if i if i recall correctly so we got yikes which was overused we've got the 30 home run hitter uh kim ang on the broadcast about avisel garcia uh, of course Abby's never hit 30 home runs ever in his career in a single season we got the don manningly coming out flat after the players meeting uh, and then they absolutely obliterate the Nats, so they didn't come out flat, uh, which was, again, quite funny. We've then got another Kim Ang special, which was the record is not indicative of the talent on the roster. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, the roster is not good, <laughs> and the record equally was not good. Eli Sussman then called called me out and said, Pete, you've missed the main one, and it was Drill Your Mama. Uh, Jazz on Twitter uh, replying to someone about whether Jazz should be thrown out the next time out, and he replied to that guy saying, drill your mama, which I thought was equally wonderful. Um, so, guys, tons of quotes. Um, there may be tons I've missed, and it's a long old year, and there's been a lot of quotes. Uh, Sean Barrett, where do you lean on this one for Mike Hill quote of the year? I think I think it was drill your mama. I think <laughs> as, as far as soft milk humour, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a classic and the Marlin season it was it has been dreadful. Um, so anything that conveys a laugh um, is is much appreciated. And it was just a, it was a great period, and it speaks to to Jazz, doesn't it? It speaks to his sort of excitement and and the way he is and his youth. And uh, if the Marlins need more shots of of, of youth, that's for sure. So um, that, that's no one. No doubt. And it was you know I. I... I did hear again from Eli saying that actually loads of people, like loads of the players are still wearing the Drill Your Mama t-shirt in the clubhouse. Like they absolutely love that too. I think they love jazz as well. It's funny, like after that players meeting, there was a lot of jazz chism t-shirts knocking around that I saw, which, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Sam, where do you lean on this one for quote of the year? Drill Your Mama is iconic. That's like, <laughs> it reminds me of the MTV show that Wilmer Valderrama used to host where it was just Yo Mama jokes back and forth. I don't oh, know yeah. if that made it over to the UK, but it, that did. Was a, it did. Yes, that was a phenomenal uh, piece of my youth. Yeah, I mean, anything that jazz does uh, that gets that much national attention is great because it's 
I guess with the exception of Sandy's Cy Young campaign, the only thing that'll get Marlon's national attention is anything jazz related. Um, I think the most frustrating one is the, the record is not indicative of uh, the talent on the squad. I feel like I heard that way too many times this season mm -hmm. to justify. Even when, ugh, I forget, it was a, maybe the assistant GM that went on uh, swings and mishes and was saying, yeah. like, this, the analytics and the statistics back up that this is a talented squad that's just been unlucky and we're going to turn it around. And just the audacity of them to give us uh, any semblance of hope considering how the season ended. Um, yeah, I think those two are probably the big one and two for me. Yeah, feels fair. Kenny, what about you on this one? This has never been... There's a season filled with a lot of quotes. The, the, the big boys got to go was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, easily, though, for me, right, because it's between two of them. It's between record is an indicative, right? But you can chalk that one up to kind of like GM speak, right, where it's kind of like I don't want to just yeah. slander my roster. Like it's, you know, I, I, but it's not indicative. I think we got a lot of talented guys like just trying to boost the morale. The 30 home run hitter. It's just stupidity. <laughs> That's not GM speak. That's just not knowing what you just did because he's had 29 home runs once and then he's never gotten over 20 at any point in his career. So not only has did she say he's done it like multiple times, he's never done it once and he's never gotten close more than once. So it just shows to me that you're dumb. Like, so there's a difference, you know? That's why to me it's it's... I went with the quote that evoked the most emotion in me. And I say emotion because I don't mean happiness. I mean just emotion. It could be anger, which it was. I remember the day that Alex like tweeted out that quote. She's like, oh, my God, Kim Ang just said this on the broadcast. Mm -hmm. I remember Craig Mish being so like shocked that he said, I'm going to need video proof of this because I don't believe Oh, my you. God. Yeah, and then someone right. replied with it. And then he, I think he was just like, I'm speechless. <laughs> like it was a, a professional general manager of a baseball team who was in charge of the allocation of millions of dollars into talent to build a professional baseball team that wins championships said that a player of hers that she signed is a 30 home run hitter every year, guys. Take a look at, take a look at the shiny new toy. And uh, he's never done it once in his career. So that, that's definitely the quote of the year for me. It's, it, it's up there with when David Sampson called like the entire city of Miami stupid for like, giving him the money to build a stadium like it's <laughs> like it's crazy I, I was shocked when i heard that again guys we've got you know we've got a split decision i think on this one again uh <laughs> twitter uh, twitter was similar on this one where record isn't indicative was the actual the winner slightly just over yikes um 30 home run hitter just behind coming out flat got zero love really uh, but i thought that was hysterical my favorite personally was the big boys have got to go like when donnie but finally just had enough. Donnie, he's, he's so kind of vanilla in these post-game presses, was never blowing anyone up, never, you know, firing shots. At some point, Donnie lost his rag and went, that's it, I'm firing shots. And that was Donnie's way of firing those shots there. The big boys have got to go. And there's this roster's, you know, we got too many of the same guy and the big boys have got to go and all sorts. It was one of my favorite post-game presses, probably all time of Don Mattingly. Nevertheless, that doesn't help us to, to give out this award. Um, I actually don't know who we're going to give it to. There's just too many quotes. <laughs> where, where are we giving this award to? Um, the Twitter poll perhaps takes it with record as an indicative, maybe, and we'll just kind of end there. Um, I, I, I do agree, though, that it is GM speak, isn't it? Like, it's you would expect them to say that. Like, there's not really much else we could say. Yeah, but you know what as well, Pete? The 30 home run hitter quote came first, right? And at that point, we all begin to – that's like where we really begin to question like what she is doing as a GM if she doesn't know the most basic stat on a player's like stat sheet. 
Mm-hmm. So when she says record isn't indicative, I get it. I say it's co- GM speak. I, maybe I'm just giving her the benefit of the doubt. But at mm. the same time, it's like there's a 99% chance she truly believes that and that we will just stay with the same roster. And, and she's like expecting bounce backs from certain guys. You know Don't what I mean? Don't speak like, that into existence, Kenny. Let's run it back, baby. My brother in Christ, they've, I've been speaking this into existence <laughs> for the past 20 years. They've been doing this mediocre shit to me. Yeah. I mean, if I have the power to speak things into existence, then, then some will tell me and I'll start speaking things into existence. <laughs> but this team hasn't proven to me. I, I think I, I, I had a completely different offseason plan than what they executed on. So, I mean, I can't really say I have that power. I wish I did. Hmm. Okay. Well, the award is going to be given to record as an indicative because yes. Marlon's Twitter wins and we'll keep yes. it rolling. The next one up, guys. I like this one. This one, I think, will get some conversation going. And it is the most improved pitcher. And for me, a lot of the guys have taken a step forward. So I think this is a true, this is a true conversation point of who truly is the most improved. On the on the short list was Lazardo, Brax, Pablo, and Sandy. But you could well throw Eddie Cabrera in the mix. Um, maybe one or two others. You, you you could absolutely throw Anthony Bass into the mix too of most improved because truly he he was the most improved statistically probably. But um, Sam, I'll come to you on this one. Most improved pitcher. You can look at that through whatever lens you want. Sandy is just about to win the side. Is there yeah. any more most improved? But I'll, I know it's, it, it is. It is an interesting thing because I guess by definition, Sandy has to be most improved because he went from being a very high caliber pitcher to the best pitcher in the National League and maybe the best pitcher in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and a style of pitcher that we just don't see anymore, which made it so fun. All of these complete games and just like on the edge of your seat on random weekdays in the middle of the year. Um, I think though, if we're looking at this from a youth perspective, I think Jesus Lazardo kind of has to take it. There were moments last season where we were all wondering uh, if the A's were right and he just didn't have the the ceiling that he had been projected to have. Um, and then this season, I mean, he's got a, a 3-3 ERA, I think. Um, yeah, and he, uh, the two war, which, you know, is not great, but uh, it's better than a replacement level. He, um, yeah, he just kind of got more control over his stuff, looked more confident. Um, and I, I think a full year of Mel under his belt um, is probably, uh, the reason for that in hindsight, maybe I should have chosen my words a little bit better there, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, now there's no editing on lockdown, and by there's the way. No editing. No, no. That's a, that's a PG statement as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I think it's gotta go to Lazardo. It makes the Starling Marte trade, uh, look even better in hindsight. Um, mm. yeah, I think I'm going to go Lazardo. Sounds fair. Sean Barrow, what about you? I, I think I would have named all three names you just named and, um, I think Lozado is definitely, you know, a worthy choice because that that walk rate, what we saw from Lozado when he came over, there was that concern, you know, there were the walks, there were the home runs, and there was a case of have they made the right decision here? You know, we're going to need a we we and I remember us speaking and saying we need an off season of Mel to get that fixed, and and mm-hmm. lo and behold, he got it fixed. Yeah. I think you have to give it to Sandy though, just because of the season that we just saw, and. You know, I think me and you were certainly talking about the idea of him being one of those top, top pitchers. But for him to come out and actually do it, get that Cy Young, be that dominant. Um, I know that's not quite the the right phrase when he's not a high caper nine guy. But 200 innings, 200 strikeouts, two years in a row. You know, that, that to me is dominance, even if it's not, you know, synonymous with the strikeouts. He has been fantastic. He has brought up a Marlins team that is quite frankly, unwatchable. 
yeah. and made us to tune in 30 plus times over this year. And to me, that means he is, you know, he's, he's so much better than he was last year because I think he struggled to do that. Seems fair. Kenny, what about you? Is it a full house for uh, for Sandy or where are we going? Actually, no, we, there was a Lazardo shout earlier. Sorry. So Lazardo and Sandy. officially Lazardo. Yeah, yeah. Lock yeah, sorry, sorry. No, please. Uh, I'm going to go a little against the grain here. Uh, first, let me start by saying Lazardo, fantastic year. I, I sort of got like everything that we thought he could be, he was this year. And mm. I think he's going to get better. Like, I, I really do think that uh, a, a the injury kept him out for a little while there. It was never too serious of an injury, but you know how you're always going to be a little extra careful with young pitchers. You don't want these things to linger. And he came back and picked up right where he left off. Yeah. Like really, I'm just shocked at how good he was. There was, it was one of those, again, Mel Sotomayor working his magic. And it, the fact that we can add another staple to the rotation. Now you, you see teams around the league begging, begging, begging for guys that they can just, automatically just pencil them in and say that guy's in the rotation and the marlins have a lot of those guys with sandy with pablo with Lizardo, and edward cabrera who you know is another one that when healthy played real well but the person for me that's going to get this reward award is uh braxton garrett and i know that it's when i tell you that there was no pitcher that i was more out on coming into this year than i was on braxton yeah. garrett like I wasn't expecting, I thought like he'll be gone. He'll be like a throw in in some random trade right before the season starts. If I told you before the season, he's going to have a twice as better year than Trevor Rogers. Like we would have just all like yeah, laughed and been like, what are, what are we doing here? Is this like a comedy show? Like, are, like, are we trying to be serious <laughs> yes. at all? Like <laughs> he had a, a 24% K rate, which was better than Pablo, better walk rate than Pablo. Like ERA was better than Pablo when he was healthy. You know, the injury obviously sucks for Braxton, but you were talking about a guy that was like, pitching way above his weight class one of the best pitchers when he was healthy for the marlins like i mm. wouldn't have that's and again this is the most improved pitcher award right like part of yeah. me was expecting some sort of lizardo jump the shock that i had when i was like why is braxton garrett good like what is happening right now this kid i could have like throwing 90 mile per hour slop down the middle couldn't have control over his off-speed pitches like he's not going to work out in this league and then he just fine-tuned all of it came up and was like just fantastic like he we lost Luzardo, called him up, and then he just kept pitching great for Luzardo. It was it was a, mm. a sight to behold, and for me, he gets the award. Really, really I, crazy improvement from him. I want to give a secondary shout-out to outside of the major league organization and give it to Yuri Perez, who, outside of Aram Layton, was saying uh, that he was a, a good pitching prospect, and then by the end of the season is like a 19-year-old stud that, I mean, I don't know, what is he, a top-10 prospect in all of baseball now? So I, I want to give a, yeah, give, a, give a big shout-out to Yuri as well. Yeah, shout out sure. to the fish on the farm guys who who are banging have been banging that Odi Perez drum for so long. Like it got it got to the point where I was like, all right, guys, I get it. Like Odi Perez, like you guys are talking yeah. about him all the time. But I was like, okay, now I get it. Like now he's a unicorn. It. Like he's yeah. really, 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 really good. That's a great shout, Daniel Daniel DeVivo, the ultimate yes. Colombian scout. That's what I'm yes. going to say there. That, that. He loves Odi Perez and rightfully so. Like I, he was the first person I really heard bring him up. And yeah. how I learned about Eli Perez. Same. Um, I'm actually going to side with Kenny on this one. Um, so Twitter, Twitter wants Lazardo, and it's a landslide, pretty much 64% the Twitter vote for Lazardo. Wow. And yeah. I get it completely. But for me, with Braxton Garrett, if you think back to the most famous gif of Garrett, it is that 2020 year 
the ground at the third, Brian Anderson buzzes one across, and Braxton Garrett's face is just like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's about that. We've come full circle. That yeah. is my face watching Braxton Garrett pitch this year. <laughs> like, it's it's just been sensational. Truly has caught me completely off guard. We were all hyping and thinking, can Lozado turn it around? And he has. But to Kenny's point, I think we all had Braxton Garrett in the bin, really. Yeah. And for, for him to deliver this season is by far the most surprising, shocking, and, well, it, well impressive impressive steps from from Braxton Garrett. So I'm going to side with Kenny and go with that. I think that leaves it with Twitter and and Sam with with Lozado, Sean with with Sandy and then two votes as well for for Braxton Garrett. And we're going to give it to Braxton Garrett. So there we go. Um Braxy gets it. Um first ad of the day. Uh, let me cue this bad boy up and it's a new one. They're throwing in new ads even even in the off season <laughs> and it's our good friends over at Rome. So the dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here's why. Mobility is everything. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leave you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf. Get those dress shirts on for golf. Yes, sir. <laughs> no Looking polo. good. <laughs> there we go. Looking good is easy. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt, unlike my forehead, without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle-release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that easy. The commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. 20% off your entire order when you head to roan.com. R H O N E. Roan.com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Oof. Stunning. Get those dress shirts going. No wrinkle. I need that wrinkle release technology for this forehead. That is for sure. <laughs> when you're approaching 40, you are starting to get concerned about these things. Nevertheless, let's get into the next uh, the next award, and it is the Parker Bug Rookie of the Year. Is that his name? Parker Bug? I don't even know the guy's name. I've forgotten the name. Anyway, it's the Rookie of the Year, and it is... I mean, it is the longest scroll, if there's an emoji oh. to insert now, is the scroll emoji for Rookie of the Year. We have seen a lot of young studs. So there's many ways you could take this. I threw out there, Blade, LeBlanc, Heira, Fortes. The list goes on and on and on. Kenny, I'll let you kick this one off. Rookie of the Year for the 22 Marlins. Nick Fortes. Nick Fortes. I mean... Talk about a guy who didn't win the backup catcher spot out of spring training because <laughs> I know Peyton Henry, who is one of the worst <laughs> baseball players I've ever seen with these two eyes, gets set down, and then Nick Fortes comes up and becomes not the best backup catcher, the best catcher on the team. Mm. Uh, not the best DH, by the way. I have to call uh, that out. <laughs> yeah, when like you think about so many guys get opportunities, right? Especially when you're on the Marlins. Halfway through the year, the season's gone to garbage, and then guys get called up, and you have this great opportunity. And you see guys miss that opportunity. Yeah. Charles LeBlanc 
amazing job of capitalizing on that opportunity. A guy who was 20,000 years old, a dinosaur. People were telling me, you know, Arm Layton, love him to death. And he was like, I don't know what you guys were expecting with him. There's a reason why he's been in the minors so long. He had a great year, Arm, suck it. But Nick (laughs) Fortes, Nick Fortes is is easily, easily like the defensive improvement too, right? Like Mm. that was the whole point. Some people... We're like thinking, like, can he play second base? Because, like, what are we going to do with him? Like, he, he hits real well, but what can we do to get him like consistent at bats? And he showed up and he played very, very solid defense, was a good framer, was good at calling games, and then hitting, you know, 100 WRC plus, which isn't like world breaking, but I, I, I can't figure out for the life of me how this happens. When you look at Nick Fortes' minor leagues numbers, and he's just like a very, very below average hitter. And then he yeah. comes up and he's got nine home runs in 72 games. And it's like, where does, why does this happen? What is wrong yeah. with you? Why is it that you like don't want to play good in the minors, but you come up here and you're just really good all of a sudden to the point where now, like we call it like the Nick Fortes effect on Twitter, right? Where we're like, Hey, just call up this prospect that's doing poor in the minors. And maybe yeah. they'll just be like Nick Fortes and be good in the majors. And it's like, that's not a good formula for success, <laughs> but I mean, it worked for him and I'm, I'm excited to see him going forward. I'm excited to see him potentially be a starter next year. God knows that old bag Jacob Stallings is heavily regressed, but like Nick Fortes is easily my rookie of the year. Again, it's hard to find bright spots in such a bad season, but Nick Fortes was one of them. So shout out Charles LeBlanc. He deserves a little, uh, some credit there. He was exciting to watch for a while too, but it's easily yeah. Nick Fortes for me. Okay. Sam, what about you on this rookie of the year? Oh, there's a, there's a lot, there's not a lot of options. There's, I, well, there's a lot of options and a lot of them are disappointing. I guess I should say there's many candidates. Uh, none of them are qualified. It's like a, it's like a presidential debate when there's 80 people up there and there's maybe one person that sounds like they're making any sense. Um, the rookie of the year primary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Nick Fortes, uh, from an enjoyment perspective, a consistency perspective, uh, is a, is an easy number one. Uh, I was, I pulled up, uh, the baseball reference pages for five of the first rookies that came to my brain. So we got Harar Encarnacion, Peyton Burdick, Lede, Nick Fortes, and Charles LeBlanc. Um, and bad news, fellas, only one of them has a positive OPS plus, and it's Charles LeBlanc. Uh, 150 uh, at-bats, so it wasn't a huge sample size, but it wasn't a really small sample size either. Um, the higher OPS in general, good slugging. I, I think it is pres- when you add his position versatility as well, um, I think I'm going to go LeBlanc. I mean, we were screaming for him to be called up for weeks and weeks, and he finally yeah. did. And then once he got the at-bats um, and kind of calmed down a little bit, it, it evened itself out. So um, yeah. Fortes is the guy that uh, I got the most enjoyment every time he went up. It felt like there was going to be something exciting, whether he was DHing or catching. Um, but I think, I think I'm going to lock in uh, LeBlanc here. Also, fun name to say, LeBlanc. Yeah, yeah. with you. Sean Barrett, what about you on this one? So, yeah, I think Fortes is a, is a good option. Um, you mentioned the 100 WRC+, plus, which is obviously bang on average. But for a catcher, I think 85, 90 is probably where that number would actually sit for major league catchers. So he is a very good option. And there's, there's a reason why I won't go with him, and I'm going to go with Garrett. And that's why I didn't go with Garrett for improved, because he was going to be my rookie of the year. He squeaks in at 45 days of service time. So he literally... <laughs> If he had one more day over those last two seasons, he wouldn't be rookie eligible. So he's rookie eligible. You know, he had a really good year. You know, the the above nine K per nine, below two and a half walk per nine. Those are they are major league starting rotation numbers. And me and you, Pete, we laugh quite a lot about my little note up here about players that I had in my in my depth chart from two years ago that's still yeah. up on my wall. 
And he's... Framed. He, he, the the he roster was that good, it's been framed. <laughs> he was at that very, very back end of the, of the bullpen as a long man back then. So the way that he's developed himself, and in those short years that he is now genuinely a number four, number five starter for, for the Marlins, somebody yeah. that we can look forward to seeing next year because I think he will be a guy that the Marlins rely on. You know, 100 pitches, more or less, 100 innings, sorry, more or less this year. He's going to he's gonna bump up to about 150, which nowadays is is like, a apart from Sandy, a, a yeah. full-time starter. So he is my rookie of the year, and I am very much looking forward to seeing what he can do for the Marlins next year. Yeah, me too. If he is with the Marlins is the question. Uh, he, there's definitely some Zach Thompson vibes, I would say. Yeah, with, uh, I was about him. to throw that name out too. Yeah, that, that uh, that's a good comp. Selling high on him wouldn't be the worst idea. I, I You know, again, every trade, you always got to preface it with like for the right price. But mm, yeah. Braxton Garrett is an obvious sell high candidate, I'd say, for, for the Marlins. Me too. So Twitter was close on Fortes and LeBlanc. LeBlanc. Um, Hayrar and Canacion got 1% of the vote, which I think was his dad. <laughs> um, so <laughs> limited love for him. Blade limited love as well. Um, I must say, there have I'm not sure I've ever seen a walk celebrated as strongly as uh, JJ Blade's first ever walk. It was, <laughs> I remember logging on to Twitter. And it was just insane blowing up about this Blade walk in a probably a 3-0 defeat to someone. I definitely um, sent a tweet about like what a great at bat for him to like <laughs> move the lineup over, get another guy up to the bat. I, I'm so in love with this guy. <laughs> exactly. I remember it well. I remember it well. I for me, I've absolutely loved Fortez. And I've no idea that that to the point earlier, I've no idea the backstory here because Fortez ended the year 2021, hitting a home run in the final day. Then he doesn't make the roster. Then he comes up and continues to rake. And actually, he should be the everyday catcher. So Fortes has absolutely ascended. Braxton Garrett had a real nice bounce back here, as we mentioned. And LeBlanc, I'd never even heard of him before this year. And he's hit. He's actually hit. If you take these, you know, WRC plus numbers, he's like the second best hitter in the in the team. Jazz yeah. is the best, and then it's LeBlanc. So uh, it's a bit of a tough one. Um, but I'm going to give it to Blade for No, I'm not for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Twitter poll and I'm going to lean on Nick Fortes. And I think it's a tight one, but the Parker bug rookie of the year is Nick Fortes. And with that being said, it is our second ad of the day. Yes, they dropped a two ad special for me. And then we're going to wrap up with our final ad of this episode. And it's our good friends over at Built Bar. Yes, sir. And if you haven't tried those Built Bar puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor ready Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Oh boy, it's covered in chocolate. That's right, Bill has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs. Say it again and faster. Cookie dough chunk puffs. And they have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories. And they have a huge whopping ginormous 15 grams of protein in them absolutely insane so if you're liking what you're hearing get yourselves over to built.com use promo code locked on 15 that is a new promo code so reminder on the promo code locked on 15 it gets 15 percent off your order at built.com okay guys final gong of this episode and it's the todd hollandsworth analyst of the year 
Bally Sports flexed it. They they went away from one main guy, which was Todd, um, and went for a rotation, literally a rotation, a five-man rotation in the booth. And I'll let you guys give me your thoughts on your favorite this year. So and a few people did say on Twitter saying, Pete, this name of this award is slightly misleading. If it, <laughs> are you looking for the best or the worst? I'm looking for the best or your favorite. So that is what the award is. It's your favorite of the analysts that were cycled around. Um, I will let Sean Barrett take this one in the leadoff spot. Sean, what have you got for us? I really enjoyed having Tommy Hurton back. He's, mm. he's a voice that for a long period of my Marlon fanship was was the voice of, of the, the, the broadcast. And to have him back and have him be just like I remember, the passion, the energy, you know, wasn't afraid to say something when it needed to be said. Mm. You know, he is, he's almost unkept. He can say, he will say whatever he wants. And that comes to a certain degree of age, doesn't it? I, I can't wait to get to that age where I can say what I actually <laughs> want to say and hang the consequences. Uh, just a quick um Shout out for Glenn Geffner on the radio side. Uh, when I first became a fan uh, many, many years ago, TV broadcasts for baseball games just weren't available. There, there was no way to receive that. So Glenn, for many years with Dave Van Horn, was the voice in my ears. And even now, when I've got the video, the video broadcast there, I still like to listen to a few games on audio just to hear him. Absolute king, Glenn Geffner. Always uh, a big fan of uh, Fish Across the Pond and has always uh, helped me. So I, I appreciate on that as well. I actually don't listen to a lot of Marlin's radio um, stuff personally, but probably should do. Nevertheless, Tommy Hutton, I sense there, Sean, is your vote on this one. Kenny, what about you on the uh, Color Analyst of the Year? There's a lot of awards that I like to go against the green on, and this is not one of them mm. because it's easily Tommy Hutton. You know, it like 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 Sean alluded to, like my entire like childhood was Tommy Hutton and Rich Waltz. And then in the car with my dad coming home from practices and games, it was Dave Van Horn and Glenn Geffner. Like it's yeah. that's that's all it was. It's just the way it was for me. And Tom, there's there's different types of animals, right? JPR and CV is like this quirky little funny dude, and he's saying frozen pizza and ha ha ha, look at me. And like he kind of tells you like what's happening in front of you, like like he's like that's a walk and i'm like thanks jp i <laughs> I, I didn't know like tommy hutton will give you his take on things he will shed a light on it what he thinks should be happening and that's what i feel like adds to a broadcast when you have mm. opinions and whether you disagree or agree with them it elevates like the viewing experience and that's what tommy hutton's always done when something like outrageous happens in a game he's outraged with you like it's it's just this it's it's like having someone just guide you through the game. And that's why like Tommy Hutton for me is easily, and I'm probably, a, is there a bias because like I watched him my entire life? Yes. But I also think being unbiased, he is the best one. And again, like Sean said, shout out Glenn Geffner, shout out Kyle Seeloff, shout out Marlins radio. One of the best, like they, they are really, really good at what they do. Those when I have to drive to work Friday nights or when, whenever there's a game on while I'm at work, I will, either open a stream on my phone and if i hear jpr and cb talking to me i turn it off and i turn on the radio and i just listen to it like that because it's they, they really really are good they do a fantastic job on the radio but yeah, for me agreed. tommy hud agreed sam what about you on this one peter this is chalk it's tommy come on uh i i know that there's a lot of uh 
I know that there's a lot of nostalgic bias that's uh that's probably on my side here. I also grew up listening to Tommy. I got the chance to meet him once, a little sweetheart. What a guy. Um, and uh, I I kind of want to go a little dark horse here and from a different perspective. Um, so Tommy's chalk. We all love Tommy. He's the minus 1,000 favorite. He's just the guy that everybody is going to vote for. Um, JP gave me the most entertainment, and I mean that uh, in almost a condescending <laughs> way. He, I, I, comple- <laughs> I completely agree with takes. The stuff he said it was just like yeah he was just reciting whatever just happened on the television screen he was going on twitter searching his name getting into fights with people yes. questionable <laughs> dating history this man was bringing it all to the table um yeah i i think uh dark horse candidate jp from an entertainment perspective now he's also the one that would be broadcasting and i had the the most uh, the strongest likelihood of muting the broadcast and listening to a podcast or music or whatever um uh <laughs> my girlfriend did not love hearing jp uh and i was right there with her but uh yeah i think uh I think it's got to be Tommy. Come on. He's, he's been around for so long. It was a shame when he wasn't with the Marlins and to have him back um, in the booth. It's a, it's a, it's a real treat. It's funny because when you go into the comments of the poll, so this is how deep we're digging into now. Everyone's pretty much agreeing with you boys. Just basically saying this isn't even close Tommy all day, every day. And you know, the poll says he actually only had 46% of the vote though. So not the biggest landslide of any of the polls, but Tommy is the winner in second place. You guys haven't mentioned him, Rod Allen. And I actually have to, Say I did enjoy when I the, the, one of the first times I'd heard Rod Ad, Rod Allen on a broadcast. It, there was a few Tony Romo specials that happened where he was predicting what was about to happen, and then it happened, and I was like, "Whoa, Rod's going for the Romo." <laughs> Nevertheless, Rod, Rod, Allen, Rod Allen was really good. He he was yeah. he was ten times better than JPR and Sevia for me. Like if it wasn't Tommy Hutton, Rod Allen was much better to to listen to. Rod Rod definitely was great, but Tommy for me definitely seals it when. I'm pretty sure there was a Lewin Diaz or Blade blitz into the shift and he just blew up about the shift going, well, that won't happen <laughs> next year. And, you know, <laughs> you know, that's a hit. And he just kind of lost his mind about the shift and whatever. And I was like, yep, yeah, Tommy, you know, like you said, takes, he gets furious when the fans are furious. He rightly is furious and hitting that ball, you know, into shallow right. And there's a guy stood there and it's just infuriating. And uh, Tommy Hutton rightly takes the gong as analyst of the year. I'm intrigued to see what they do next year, whether they go back to the cycle, whether they get a full-time guy. I don't think I've seen anything announced yet, so we'll we'll see. But in general, I found it a success. I think it's interesting to have different opinions and perspectives. And clearly with that, there'll be our favorites and there'll be our less favorites. And I think we've kind of seen that. So yeah, I think it's an interesting approach. Guys, it's going to wrap us up for Wednesday's episode of Locked on Marlins. Episode two of the awards night is in the books. Sean, Sam, Takes, and myself all back tomorrow, Thursday, wrapping up and finishing up with the gongs. There are still, well, there's a few big, big gongs to give out, including the Lewis Brinson bust of the year. Join us again tomorrow <laughs> to dig into that one and, uh, and all of the other ones. We'll see you tomorrow.